Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Long Podcast Studio Sessions. I'm your host, Dylan Mark Murphy, and I'm joined today with a friend from Swift Talk, Ange. Ange, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Angela, but most of my friends call me Ange. Um, I've been a Swifty for almost over 10 years now, but I was like a child, so I don't remember dates super clearly. Um, my favorite Taylor Swift album is Speak Now, and my favorite song is Long Live because I just graduated high school and it's just super nostalgic. That's perfect. <laughs> Speak Now stands rise. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about I'm Only Me When I'm With You Today, which is a great song. It's, a, it's an incredible deluxe track on Taylor Swift's debut album. Um, I do really enjoy this song and Ange obviously does too because she's here to talk about it. Um, we're going to just jump right into it and get Ange's thoughts on this fantastic song. So let's start with why is this one of your favorite Taylor Swift songs? I think it's one of my favorites because it's just so simple in that um, it's not very lyrically complex like most folklore evermore songs are so i feel like that adds a layer of like adds a layer of like na naivety oh that's not how you pronounce that word <laughs> na naivete naivete oh, that's how you pronounce it I think. gotcha naivete yeah <laughs> and it just reminds me of like my childhood when i would kind of like sit and fantasize about what my high school life would be like like sitting in the start sitting in a star, sitting in a grass field, watching the stars with like boyfriend, which I never got to do, but no. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I just feel like it evokes really good memories of me just being a child and dreaming about what life would be like in high school. I think it's great because from like the people I've talked to so far, like nostalgia has been like a huge factor for why these are mm -hmm. like their favorite songs. Like lots of the debut songs are really infused with nostalgia. Um, I think that's great too that you you mentioned it's like you know daydreamy kind of thing because when Taylor Swift wrote it obviously she's writing about like her experiences um, so what does the song mean to you in that case specifically like how do you interpret it because already your interpretation is different than Taylor Swift's oh yeah I feel <laughs> like I interpret everything in terms of like um, like love, like romantic love, which because I was so young, I was like, I thought that was the only kind of love that really existed. Like growing up now, I, I like can see it applied to like friendship, to family. Like I can see all of that very clearly now. But when I first listened to it as a child, I really thought of it as like a romantic song. Like you're only you when you're with your soulmate kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think growing up, like I've seen, I, I guess I see it through a lot more lenses now, but originally I definitely saw it as a like a high school boyfriend who would take you and watch the stars. That's kind of, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Like, you know, thinking about it, lots of the songs on debut are really, really good at just um, being versatile in the complex of like, mm -hmm. is it about love or is it about like a really good friend? Like, when I was talking about Cold As You, it was like, is this yeah. song about a relationship or is it about like a best friend who 
doesn't really treat you like a best friend anymore. And I think that's, it's so cool that you mentioned that you see the song through different lenses because as you grow, your thoughts on things change, obviously. And then you you kind of get a different idea about it. So it's great that you you kind of like grew with the song too because you your interpretation changes. Um, do you think that because this is a bonus track, do you think that the track placement makes sense because it's not on like the standard edition so technically it's like not there but on the deluxe version it comes after our song but before invisible so being sandwiched between those two songs do you think that it makes sense yeah that's a great question i actually did not know it was on the deluxe until uh five seconds ago so oh my God. Um, i think it definitely makes sense um right before Invisible, because Invisible is like all about feeling invisible. That was a super deep interpretation. Thank you, Angela, for that. <laughs> so deep. Um, yeah, it's all about like not feeling seen and like feeling ignored by, I don't, I think like a partner. I, I don't listen to that song super deeply, but I think um, I'm, only, I'm Only Me When I'm With You is a really nice juxtaposition to Invisible because it provides like the half where you're completely seen, like someone sees through all of you and they see, I think one of my favorite lines, is like, like, you're not, you're not who, it's like, I'm not me when I'm with everyone else and only you can see that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that song just really highlights what it feels to be seen and that only one person really sees you for all that you are, like all your flaws and your imperfections and every, like everything that you are. Whereas Invisible highlights the, like the kind of the negative side of that where you're not seeing you're like you're lost and all you want to be is seen so I definitely feel like I'm only me I'm only me when I'm with you and invisible are like really um great together because they're kind of two sides of the same coin about what it feels like to be seen and not be seen um as for our song I mean I don't really have strong opinions about that one <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like I'm only me when I'm with you and invisible go together really nicely but um it's it's okay after our song like i feel like it's not it doesn't give you whiplash like 22 right. and all too well right <laughs> i i agree i think especially since you had mentioned like your interpretation of i'm only me when i'm with you and how you and you like kind of felt like this is everything that it's like supposed to be like the longing for like all of this stuff that you want based on the song I feel like if you even looked at like I'm only me when I'm with you as like one of those songs that's like like Taylor herself is longing for these situations to happen and then you follow it up with invisible it's like see if you knew that I existed we could have this previous track as well and I've like up until I got on Swifty TikTok, I had not thought about cohesiveness or like storytelling. And I had not thought about that until like right now when you mentioned your interpretation of it. So it's just like, it's just really crazy that she's like 15 when she wrote this stuff. And it's so versatile to see that you can flip back and forth between different interpretations. It's especially if you put those two together in that sense, then it gives you a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Definitely. I feel like it's super embarrassing that like, not embarrassing, but it, that Taylor Swift was writing these like award-winning albums at 15 and I was like finger painting or something. <laughs> right. I mean, like in comparison, like nobody was releasing like 
our song or like topping billboard charts at 15 i mean like well now you know with social media and everything it's a lot easier to get up there but like in 2006 or you know three or five years ago however long ago it's like you're at age 15 no we weren't doing this (laughs) um okay that brings me to my next question is um do you think this song would work well on any other album I hate to say it, but I really don't think it would. I feel like, I feel like debut was kind of really immature with its lyrics in a good way. Like it really, <laughs> she was fifteen. Like was I'm 15. not gonna, I'm not, I'm not expect her to write evermore at fifteen. Like, right. And I feel like if you were to put like and that song in any other album, first of all, like the lyrics would just not fit because they're very basic. They're very good. They're very like basic. There's not a lot of vocabulary. It's very simple, straight to the point. There's not a lot of metaphor. There's some imagery, but like it's not very intense. And I feel like, well, first of all, like the lyricism is just isn't as good. Still great. Still <laughs> great. <laughs> just gotta put that out there. Still great. But um sonically, I don't think it would fit as well, but I'm not the best at differentiating between like sounds. Um and I really feel like kind of the message wouldn't really fit on any other album as well. Um, because I feel like I'm only me when I'm with you is a very naive way of looking at the world that you're only with, like you're only yourself when you're with someone else. I feel like that's a very childlike way to see things in that I feel like kids always have like your one best friend and like you can't be yourself without them. Like they are your like soulmate, your best friend. Whereas like adults, we have a wider friendship group. We've kind of grown, we're independent. We can kind of do things on our own. Whereas kids are very much dependent on like, you're like, sometimes your parents, sometimes your friends, sometimes your boyfriend, like it's very, but I think that's like, I feel like that's just how teens are. Like you're very hormonal, you're very emotional. You tend to fixate on things. And I think um, I'm only me when, I, when I'm with you really captures that. Um, but I think like as you grow, you learn like you can be yourself, like For by sure. yourself. I feel like I don't I don't know if I'm allowed to mention this, but I saw like Kenzie posted <laughs> a TikTok that she was like, I don't like this song very much because like um like the lyrics were like kind of like not signaling independence. Like all the comments were like, she's so independent, like she, girl boss or something, like we love her. Yeah. And like you're an independent child or something like that. Um and I think that like kind of highlights um kind of like not the problem but like some of the complexity behind the song in that it's very much a story that is told through the eyes of a teenager a child and i think as taylor has grown she kind of loses that sense of dependency on someone so it it will kind of like just like not fit in that sense yeah (laughs) i agree i think it's also funny that you mentioned kinsey in that Mm -hmm. sentence just because her episode is the one right before this one and we mentioned explicitly I'm only me when I'm with you in that exact situation too in her thing so that that works really well it'll work really well with the way these episodes are laid out too but I agree that it if you look at it from that sense it is one of those situations that if she was 25 and writing I'm only me when I'm with you it would be like a little bit of a different ball game than her being 15 where she's like she, you're right. She is so much more dependent on these people than, you know, like a 25 year old. It's just like, that's just what 
interpretation is and you know it's open to everyone and I think it's interesting that you said that it wouldn't work on other albums as well because from what I've gathered from previous episodes of this podcast is that lots of people are like the debut songs could work on maybe fearless and it's like like they could go back and forth between the two because they're really close together and both have the country Mm -hmm. sound um I'm just shocked that you said that this song wouldn't fit on another album because I think it would fit perfectly on 1989. Like, it's just the perfect pop. We give it a pop mix. We we feature a pop artist like, um, I don't know, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, and we call it a 1989 (laughs) song. (laughs) I think, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think the song works best on 1989, or not 1989. It works best on debut. Wow, I'm running in circles in my head. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that this song and the innocence of it and the, the naivety, naivety, naive, anyway, the naive-esque-ness <laughs> of the, the childlike stuff works really well for debut or the teen-like stuff for debut. Um, what is your all-time favorite lyric from this uh, song? That is a great question. <laughs> I have like three, um, but I guess I'll just choose one to kind of. No, you can do, you could do all three if you want. Um, oh. If you want to do like one and then explain like why that's your favorite lyric if you want to, well, we can totally do that too. So give me all of your favorite lyrics. I would love to hear your thoughts. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> um, so the first one, I really, I, I love the whole first verse. I don't know if that counts as a lyric, but like <laughs> the Friday night beneath the stars in a field of... I don't, I don't know if you have a limit on like the length of the lyric I can choose, but I'm going to read the whole first verse. <laughs> I mean, as long as you're not doing like, my favorite lyric is the entire song. And <laughs> no, you're all good. So the first verse. Yeah. I feel like, like that, I don't know if you want me to read the lines, but I'm assuming. You're, you're more uh, than welcome to. I mean, most okay. of the people I assume listening to this have probably heard the song, so they know some of them, but you're, you're more than welcome to. So I love, like, I love the imagery where it's like Friday night beneath the stars in a field behind your yard. You and I are painting pictures in the sky. And sometimes we don't say anything, just listen to the crickets sing. I just feel like that's, that imagery is so powerful. Like, there's no, like, complex, like, like, words and, like, metaphors. Like, I feel like it's not, like, Ivy or anything from folklore where it takes a lot of, like, analysis to really see what's going on. Um... I can't recite any lyrics, like any complex lyrics off the top of my head because I don't think I understood them enough to remember them. But, uh, <laughs> I like, I really appreciate how simple her lyrics are in this song, but it still evokes that imagery so well. Like I can perfectly sit here and imagine what it would feel like to, I'm sorry, that's my brother in the background. I don't, I don't know if you can hear that, but um, I can perfectly imagine what it's like to sit like lay down in a grass field with like your best friend or your boyfriend and just like look at the sky and just watch like the stars go by and uh, <laughs> why am I getting emotional no you're right it's it's a really solid lyric especially since like I, every time I listen to anything on debut I'm just constantly comparing it to like folklore or evermore and you're right like mm-hmm. listening to like a folklore song like especially songs like Ivy and Seven those two songs I'm Seven. constantly like I need to pull out an encyclopedia and I need to figure out what every single word in this song means. But like, this is so simple. Like I'm only me when I'm with you. It's like, 
it sets the scene, it gets the job done, and she doesn't have to use words that have more than like seven letters. It's like so simple. Um, what were your other favorite lyrics from the song? Oh, okay. Um, I also really love, I'm only up when you're not down, don't wanna fly if you're still on the ground. Um, I feel like that's so powerful. Like you don't, like flying, like going up, that's obviously a good thing. That's something you want. Like whether that be like career wise, or maybe if you're a kid, like maybe so like social scene wise, like climbing up the social ladder, but you don't want good things if you're not doing it like together, if you're not if this, like if your best friend or soulmate or like boyfriend isn't with you, like you, you don't want to do like these amazing things without them. And honestly, it kind of um, remind me of like, that advice where someone's always like, don't go to college with a boyfriend. Like, don't pick a college for a boyfriend. Yeah. Um, and in this song, like, obviously she's doing everything for her boyfriend. Like, don't <laughs> want to fly if you're still on the ground. Right. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's a really like naive view of it. And, but it's also so, and it's also so like touching and personal. Like someone loves you so much that they're willing to like stay back for you, like hold back their personal growth for you not the best thing to do but like it's still touching to like think that someone would do that for you I mean if someone like like had like a big dream and I mean obviously like I wouldn't everyone's different so like that's one of those things that it's like person by person situation and some people are really avid fans of like making sure it's like never sacrifice like your dreams for someone else kind of thing but I find it really like endearing like I would never let someone like if someone was going to like get a job in like New York that they really wanted but they were leaving me behind I would never be like turn down that job so that you can stay with me but if they were to like even suggest that that's so endearing that is like mm -hmm. that is really sweet and that that lyric also does a really great job of describing that you're right you're absolutely right you spilled um, <laughs> um what was your your third favorite my third favorite. Uh, let me scroll down a bit here. Okay. Um, I also love um, in verse two, um, just a small town boy and girl living in a crazy world, trying to figure out what is and isn't true. Um, especially that, like that learn third, third line, like trying to figure out what is and isn't true. I just feel like that's such a touching moment to go through life with like someone else to do it together to grow together um to like kind of navigate the world together it really reminds me of like I don't know if I'm allowed to make like tons of pop culture references on <laughs> this podcast but go for it um like girl meets world like right I don't know if you watch that but, like Riley and Maya like that totally gives me Riley and Maya vibes like trying to figure out what is and isn't true you're learning together you're kind of you're becoming better people together you're going through life's like biggest challenges together when you're growing up like navigating boys school college like the emotional whirlwind that is high school middle school like you're kind of navigating that together like you're trying to figure that all out together um so yeah yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that's great too because I the thing that also bleeds into the interpretation especially you comparing it to to Girl Meets World, which incredible, love that show. Um, 
to compare it to that also brings like like my interpretation of the song has always been like best friends it's never been like lovers so it's really interesting to see especially since you come the uh, especially since you interpreted it more as like a a lover song to see you mention that as well to specific parts of the song i think it does this song really does cover every base imaginable so it makes sense as to like why it's one of your favorites and all of those lyrics are great choices like the song is very well written and it's still so simple and I feel like we cannot stress that enough in this episode is that you don't have to write um you know crazy lyrics that do need an encyclopedia to have a good song yeah yeah definitely I feel like this one like sounds like it just like popped like like straight out of her diary like it just came like it's a, literally a diary entry set to music that's what I kind of see it <laughs> that's smart that's 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 good too I feel like that that makes sense that and that's probably that could very easily be what she did she just took a bunch of diary entries and turned them into a song um okay uh last question is what would you rate this song on a scale from one to 13 great question <laughs> <laughs> I think okay I'm not going to give it as much as I love the song. I'm not going to give it a 13. I feel like I feel like the 13 has to be like set aside for like the lyrical masterpieces that are like champagne problems, like all too well. Like I think um, got to save the 13 for those. Otherwise, like <laughs> then what's the point of a 13 if you're giving a 13 to every song? Like, right. Um, I think this gets a solid, um, solid 11 from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's, I'm, I, I've said this so many times, but it's not as lyrically great as like Evermore Folklore. I would give all those songs like um, 13s, even if I don't like them, just cause they're lyrically like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the composition is very solid. The imagery is very solid. Like it's very cohesive on like this um, interview I'm giving, but <laughs> um, it's very cohesive. It's very, um, it's very well written for her age and it really gets its point across like straight and thoroughly and it leaves itself open for a lot of interpretation which I think is what great books books great pieces of literature and like (laughs) art really do um yeah like you don't you don't open up the great Gatsby and and know exactly what it means like it leaves itself open for interpretation I think that's part of the beauty of it and I think um, that's also part of the beauty of I'm only me when I'm with you. <laughs> and I just want to say really quick is that I appreciate that you you just give it, you know, a solid score when lots of Swifties do really look at like one or two things and that's like lyrical masterpieces and then composition. And this already being like on her debut album, it's not, you know, we've already discussed lyrically complex and it's on, it's honestly not the most like original production wise either but it is a really great song and to like not disrespect or demote it because it's not lyrically complex or I don't know what's a really good song with production like Cardigan has really great production that follows the story (laughs) and whatnot it's like it's like we to still respect it and give it you know a good score and whatnot is I I agree I agree I think it's like an 11 or 10 so that's yeah that's that's pretty solid i i appreciate that you respect songs that aren't 
lyrically inclined too, because lots of Swifties are very, you know, state the stay, stay, stay hate train, you know, of the, these lyrics are so not deep or whatever. Um, but I appreciate that you appreciate those songs. That's a fun, I appreciate that you appreciate them. <laughs> um, okay, uh, those were all of my questions. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Anything that I didn't cover? Anything that you just want to drop in in general? The floor is yours, if so. Um, I don't have any uh, further comments, but I did want to say thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. It's such an honor to be featured with the Dylan Mark Murphy. I'm so honored. Ah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I appreciate you letting me come on here. <laughs> of course. No, it was, it was, it, it was truly an honor to do a podcast episode with someone who's going to Harvard. That's like, <laughs> I'm baffled. You, you don't even, you're going to like, what didn't Al Woods go to Harvard? Harvard law. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, no, it is, it's truly an honor. Thank you very much for wanting to do this in general and just being here and talking about I'm only me when I'm with you with me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is going to come to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for everyone who tuned in and I'll see y'all next time to discuss whatever song comes after this one, which I'm honestly not sure. No, wait, we just talked about it. It's Invisible. We'll be back soon to talk about Invisible. Thank you very much and have a good rest of your day. Bye.